There are several definitions of a den. A wild animal's hidden home, a lair, a room or hideout where a person can go to relax or be private, a place where people meet in secret, typically to engage in an illicit activity. Now there's a new definition, a place where DIB members, entrepreneurs and decision makers unite during the coronavirus challenge. To help our business community through this challenge, DIB is creating the Downtown Den, where our business heroes, those who run and influence our cities and some of our fantastic members will be visiting to share their thoughts and opinions with us through webinars, podcasts and blogs. Visit the Downtown Den, join us through our website, all the W's, downtownandbusiness.com. Stay in, stay safe, visit the Downtown Den. Right, I'm uh, delighted to be joined by Henry Morrison, who's the director of the Northern Powerhouse Partnership. Uh, good day to you, Henry. Um, at least we've had the weather with us during this challenging time. Um, for those who don't know, just tell us a little bit about the Northern Powerhouse Partnership. So we're the organisation that brings together business leaders and civic leaders across the north to drive forward that agenda of closing the north-south divide. And clearly, at the moment, all our thoughts are with those people affected by this crisis. Uh, but I think our our role and those of organisations like yours, Frank, has been to try and speak up for businesses. And I think it's really heartening how much you've done to be on the side of your members. And I think the reason we've we've seen the government respond and help self-employed people this week and employ people the week before is because business organisations across and up and down the country have made the case for why we need to support businesses, particularly to keep people in work where they can during this difficult time. Because obviously what we want is people still in their jobs, ready to start work, to, to build that recovery. And our role, I suppose, is particularly to think about what we do to try and get the economy back on track once the immediate health crisis is over. And I think, you know, although we appreciate there's many challenges at the moment and people are trying to get through a very difficult period what we're trying to focus on today is really what happens next and how we can potentially hit the ground running as a northern powerhouse once we get through this thing um, now just before the close down we had the announcement about a devolution deal that we've been uh, pushing for i know you've been working hard on for the Leeds city region so uh, what does that look like so I think having a mayoral combined authority uh, in Leeds City region will unlock significant powers and money for West Yorkshire initially. So, uh, as you know, the Leeds City region was an original idea of bringing together parts of North Yorkshire with the kind of people who travel into Leeds. West Yorkshire is slightly smaller, but it's still a very big part of the country. They've got a, a really significant financial settlement from government and that will bring investment in transport through the kind of devolved transport funds that government are also giving to areas like Merseyside and to Greater Manchester and alongside that significant powers for instance over skills which is a real positive to be able to drive forward the economy so we're also looking at devolution deals in areas like Cheshire and Warrington where we've also got active downtown members uh, working in, and obviously your events in, in peacetime are really well supported in Cheshire so I think what it also does is hopefully give confidence to businesses across the north whether they're in an area like Greater Manchester or Liverpool City region that devolution is going to continue there'll be more powers like that transport funding that was announced for those areas in the budget followed by the fact that Leeds uh, the kind of West Yorkshire area has got devolution I think government will also make progress 
across the rest of Yorkshire uh, in the next few months and also up potentially to areas like Cumbria as well. So, But I think in Cheshire and Warrington, we saw a, a group of senior business leaders, including yourself, Frank Wright, uh, before a lot of these problems started to the, the government to make the case for JD Evolution in Cheshire and Warrington. And I've got every hope that uh, with the important role that the science and innovation cluster in Cheshire and Warrington's playing in the emergency response and in, uh, for instance, the catapult at Audley playing a key role in this, in this whole situation. But what we would be able to do is make a really compelling case that investing in those key sectors like uh, innovation, science, technology, uh, but particularly obviously in health innovation, will be easier and much more effective if we had those three mayors across the Northwest, Steve, through to a, a mayor in Cheshire and Warrington, across to Andy, we believe that would be a much more compelling way of giving businesses the support they need and giving that local leadership that at all your events, when you see Andy and Steve talk alongside those greats who've made this possible, like Howard Bernstein, you can see the, the devolution journey bringing real benefits. And I think it will continue bringing benefits across the North and, and West Yorkshire and Leeds, cities like Bradford are the ones that are gonna benefit next. Mm. And if we can, um see any positives uh, out of the current situation um i, I think that the devolution uh, packages that have been announced previously and those combined authorities that have been established have covered themselves in glory over the past week or so because they've demonstrated that they are able to respond speedily they are able to relay back to westminster what the needs of businesses on the ground are and I think both in Andy Burnham and Steve Rotherham, we've had genuine champions of businesses, the self-employed, and of course, the workforce. Um, but I think also what it's demonstrated, Henry, is if they had more devolved powers, additional resources, and an opportunity to be more flexible than they currently are, then actually this crisis could have been addressed far quicker than it's being addressed. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think there is a there's a point that this is a national emergency right and clearly central government has a critical role and that's obviously the case mm. i think the, the challenge is though that when it comes to our local responses you see that local government is rightly leading the response around adult social care around those immediate threats to life particularly for older people in their mm. communities just as important as what the nhs is doing and i think we need to pay tribute to our council chief executives i've spoken for instance to people like andrew lewis in cheshire and warrington who mm. i know has been working with all these people so hard right across the patch uh, to people like Joanne Roney uh, in Manchester people who have worked really really hard to keep this response going and to make an impact in communities but there is that point about who speaks for the north who speaks for these communities um, and who is the kind of the champion in Whitehall for some of the problems that are happening mm. in the economy and I think the way you've heard our metro mayors speak up for instance for those who've been working in uh, in employment situations that are less than appropriate so in warehouses for instance where social distancing is not being respected mm -hmm. i think that's a critical role in supporting government policy in this response and i think i'd almost say we almost needed emergency mayors in the places that haven't got them mm -hmm. to bring people together and shape the response yeah. because i think local government is rightly focused on individual safety mm -hmm. and i think the challenge is who is really going to champion the cause of the sme mm -hmm. and how we're going to lead the SME recovery and I think our metro mayors have played that role Dan Jarvis for instance as well in Sheffield, Sheffield City region Ben Houchin on a cross-party basis a conservative up in the Tees Valley he's played a critical role in supporting businesses in the early stages of this crisis and in terms of passing on government messages but also uh, doing what they can do 
as combined authorities as part of supporting the response but not in any way seeking to, to lead the immediate response but actually think about what comes next and I, the government have committed to set up a northern growth body and I think that, that the need for that has never been stronger which is that at the moment we only have a loose association of our local enterprise partnerships who are in the end all independent of each other mm-hmm. uh, the MP11 and I do think the benefits of a northern growth body is that uh, you see the the leadership that someone like Roger Marsh the chair of the uh, the lead city region lep is able to give through MP11 it would be much more uh, formidable if we had a growth body that had more of its own resources and the ability to deliver its own interventions because I think there are challenges yeah. like in energy for instance uh, like in working across the boundaries between transport and wider infrastructure where obviously transport for the north powers uh, lim- are limited in the end that it's a, a kind of creature the department of transport isn't able to work across that wider area although under john cridland's leadership and the original work done by sir richard lease clearly they came up with the economic plan for the north we yes. now yeah, yeah. is a body that's responsible for delivering that plan in partnership with our mayors so getting more powers for our devolved areas getting devolution across all of the north and then taking more areas of national policy that for instance can't be done from the centre in Whitehall and delivering them out in the regions here in the north of England and I think that what government will learn from this situation uh, is that it has a huge role in dealing with crisis and international affairs and as we leave and uh, and deal with the consequences of Brexit and the trade deal we need to negotiate I think bandwidth in government is going to be very limited and I think that in setting the levelling up agenda what the Chancellor has done and the way he's dealt with this crisis has given us quite a clear path that when this is over we need to build a recovery for all and that isn't just for the North but that's for the whole country but we as people outside of that Whitehall bubble need to step up and take more responsibility for our own future and work as a partner with government and that includes businesses and I think you'll see through this crisis the way that co-op have done the way that Morrisons have done uh, the way that Sir Jim Ratcliffe has done building a a factory at uh, Middlesbrough to yeah, build yeah. To, to make the products that our NHS need to keep uh, sanitizing hands on the wards and keep our frontline health workers safe we've seen a lot of businesses step up and I think around this agenda of the recovery I think we'll also see businesses working together to drive forward what's in the national interest and that is economic rebalancing making the north successful as a tool for getting the country back on its feet not as an end in itself and I think that's something that will be a national effort that we all can contribute to. But waiting for permission from Whitehall isn't the thing to do. We need to take the inspiration from people like Jim Ratcliffe. And when we think we can do something to help, we need to go off and do it. And yeah. we do that during a crisis, but we need to keep doing that. And this needs to be a business-led project. More and more, we need to not see government as the ones who can deliver this. Businesses do need some support from government. We need some of those big projects that I'm sure we're about to talk about that underpin the investment we need. But in the end, it's private sector investment like the, the new terminal uh, that those like Lango Rook and, and Arcadis now uh, colleagues, for instance, at MACE will be building at Manchester Airport. That's a £1 billion project. That's doing a lot more to drive the northern economy than most of the public sector interventions that are currently on, on the ground. Because we've been talking about building a new and improving railway lines across the Pennines for a long time. We haven't done it. When MAG talked about building a an improved airport experience and increasing their capacity they actually went and did it and that's the lesson we need to learn businesses yeah. need to lead they need to drive the agenda and whether you're an sme 
or one of our biggest uh, northern-based businesses, we all have a role to play in driving the northern economy forwards. And that, I think, the way that people have dealt with this crisis, the way that many small businesses have reacted and treated their people, I think shows the degree of leadership we'll need for the recovery as well. Some great points that you've made there, Henry. And I think, you know, what you're developing really is an argument that devolution will evolve and the current situation is demonstrating how actually the quicker that evolves, the better, because we are able to make much smarter decisions uh, in a more efficient way at, at that sort of local and regional level. I also take the point that you make about the North itself perhaps being a bit more connected uh, and networked. And so those decisions, uh, you know, the, the, the big economic drivers, we don't recognise as businesses at geographical boundaries. So nor should we in terms of those investments that are being made. You've mentioned, and obviously you sort of uh, you hail from the uh, you're from the from the northeast yourself. So you've you sort of very um, involved in what's happening in that part of the world. The one place, of course, that that I have a, a huge interest in because it was uh, it was big part of my life when I was in politics, a full time basis, is Lancashire. Uh, that seems to be a, a county very important, of course, in terms of the industry it has there. But a little bit behind the curve as far as the devolution agenda is concerned. And I think, I mean, Lancashire, as you know, another important area, and I know a lot of uh, downtown members I've met at your events across Lancashire would make exactly the same point, which is that many of them have made the case for devolution for a, a long time. and We've not seen the progress that maybe we needed to. I think it's it's positive that the the leader of the county council is is so supportive of devolution and i think i've appeared in the, the on the regional media with him making the arg exact same arguments about why we need devolution i think what's important in lancashire is they are taking the time to think about what their economic plan for the future looks like a group of external advisors including myself are helping them with that and obviously that work has slightly slowed down due to the current crisis because rightly public sector bodies are focusing on the day-to-day -day and what they need to do in this emergency mm. but i have every confidence that once lancashire has a coherent economic set of ambitions that it'll be perfectly possible to get the devolution deal that will unlock the funding for that and i think that my my positive kind of takeaway is that i think that lancashire has the right economic assets to be successful in the future you look at its presence in nuclear for instance at springfields and existing nuclear facilities really important part of the small modular reactor story you have the potential for the future of our uh, our defense industries and our aviation and uh, key uh, enablers for growth that come from having such a strong high value manufacturing cluster we're about to see the AMRC open at Salmsbury and playing a key role in supporting that innovation and, and the ability to spin off more benefits from a project for instance like Tempest at BAE which is such an important part of the future story for Lancashire so I, I'm really enthusiastic with universities like Lancaster and UCLan who are amazingly innovative and driving forward both in research and in skills a really ambitious agenda projects like the Eden North project which I think will absolutely progress after this period and will, will absolutely bring huge benefits to the Morecambe Bay area as well as wider benefits across South Cumbria and the rest of Lancashire that to me is a very ambitious and positive outlook I think the fact that it's complicated because there are lots of local district councils yeah, yeah. Is, is, is a problem but I don't think it's insurmountable and I think I think the government is rightly going to ask for less local government in terms of numbers of councils and for instance, yeah. and in return for significantly more powers and funding. 
because it's impossible to add a third tier of local government. So I think that, but, but I think that is a controversial dis discussion in Lancashire. And I, I think that once there is a, a willingness to move towards different models in local government, I think devolution will become very easy to deliver. But I, I'm realistic that it's not for me, a, a Yorkshireman of all things, who, who <laughs> has lived and worked in the North East, but is still, uh, I would probably be defined as a, as a Yorkshire person. For me to tell people in Lancashire what their answer should be is not the right, is not the right approach. What I would say, and I've said in many of your events, uh, Frank, with you in the room, with many of your colleagues, is that I think it would bring huge benefits for the economy. And I think whether you're sitting in Preston at, uh, at UCLan or whether you're down in East Lancashire in that really powerful manufacturing corridor, there are some great fellow business leaders like colleagues at the Chamber of Commerce in East Lancashire who have been making exactly the same argument that yeah. you've made for businesses in that part of the world. And I think that what's really important is that business leaders and organisations like downtown and, and colleagues like uh, the Chambers of Commerce in that part of the world continue working as effectively together as you have to put this argument. And I think that's something that you all deserve a lot of credit for. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, if they, if they wait a couple of years, you never know, they might have uh, that Scouser coming back to be the elected mayor. Wouldn't that be a thing? Anyway, well, we, I mean, I, I, I think we have got people off. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think, I, think, I think that, uh, I, think, I think, Frank, you make a great man. And I think what's, <laughs> what, what's, what's important to say is that I think people, a lot of people didn't like the mayoral model and said, oh, it's not right for towns, it's not right for rural areas. There are serious politicians in Cumbria who want a mayor for the least metropolitan part of the country. There is nothing city-like about Cumbria. Carlisle is a great city but it is no greater Manchester mm. and, and I it is a much different sort of place and West Cumbria is not like the Liverpool City region yes it has energy like Liverpool City region does but and it has a hospitality economy but it's all in the Lake District it's not yeah. it's not like Liverpool City Centre and and match day is not quite the same event in Workington right in reality so <laughs> we've got to we've got to understand the differences and not be uh, stupid about saying it can just be lifted and shifted but the fact that people in Cumbria want an elected mayor, I think that shows that it could yeah. probably work anywhere. And and obviously, sadly, Frank, uh, they can't all have you. But I am hopeful. <laughs> uh, my one prediction for next year is that we'll have the first woman elected as a metro mayor in, in the north. Because I yeah. think it's a, sh a massive, a massive indictment on our political parties. And unfortunately, the legislation doesn't allow for an all women shortlist. But I would be very surprised if the major parties in Yorkshire. Uh, don't put forward women. I hope if they're independent candidates that many yeah. uh, women in the, the downtown and business network will seriously think about standing because I think it is not credible that those important voices for our communities outside London are all white men. That's not. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. We Henry. need to do something about yeah. that. Certainly, the part will be working really, really, really positively to support strong women putting themselves forward. And the University of Manchester have done some great research on uh, metro mayors and, and gender and i think that that's the sort of de debate and work that we need to hear more about so uh, I, I wouldn't put you forward for west yorkshire because i i think you might <laughs> be the wrong, the wrong gender frank but other than west yorkshire I, I think you could be a great mayor for anywhere cheshire warrington lancashire <laughs> the world's your oyster <laughs> well we'll see we'll see i'm not sure they could afford me anymore but that's another story <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> the the uh, the other point i wanted to raise with you um to touched on this during the conversation is that you know we we were looking forward to finally 
having some big infrastructure spend. And I know, listen, Northern Powerhouse Partnership have done a fantastic job in terms of evidencing why that infrastructure spend will give UK PLC a huge return on investment. Any concerns from you that given the amount of money the government are having to throw at the current crisis, there may be a temptation to either slow or abandon that work, HS2 Northern Powerhouse Rail? So, I mean, I, I mean, I heard yesterday Rishi Sunak say very clearly taxes will go up to pay for some of this. And I, I think he was right to say that mm. because I think we should all accept that in return for the financial support that many in my network are receiving from the government, many people I work with and have worked closely with are now followed employees. They're only getting paid uh, and because uh, of the support the government is giving. So I think all of us in the business community need to accept that taxation is going to go up to pay for what we've had as support. And I think if we, if we can find ways to at the time of, of kind of increasing our tax burden, share that. So those of us with the broader shoulders pay the biggest burden. I think that would be the right thing to do. And I hope many uh, senior business people, whether they, they lead businesses they own or people in the, the PLC sector, will all make that same argument. Because I think we should all share that burden in a way that accepts the fact that we were all affected by this crisis as equals, but many of the lowest paid workers in our country working in our supermarkets, cleaning our hospitals have kept the rest of us very safe. And I think that they deserve to not bear this burden, but I think that those of us who can should, should pay more. And I think that what that alludes to, I suppose, is that I think if anything has ever been proved, it's that long-term decision-making is important. I think we need to invest in our NHS uh, and I think we need to invest in our infrastructure and it shouldn't be a choice between the two. And I think that if we want to create the type of country that is going to give children that are growing up in Liverpool, in Manchester, in Sheffield, in Cheshire, in Lancashire, the sort of future they deserve, we do need to invest that money. But I think that the distinction is that borrowing rates are still going to remain very low if you look at the macroeconomic environment. And I think that it was those like Jim O'Neill who were arguing for essentially a basic income, which is pretty much what we've been given uh, now uh, before anyone else had really realised we'd need one. And it's also Jim who argued we should do this Northern Powerhouse thing and then it happened. So a lot of the people who've been giving us the answers to this immediate crisis are also the people who are telling us to spend more on long-term infrastructure. And I don't think it's a choice between the two, but I think we definitely will have to pay more tax. And I think that business leaders and individuals need to accept that that is going to cost all of us. Uh, something after this is over but that we're all going to get there and that the financial reality is that people will not be left destitute at the end of this crisis and that there will be support whether it's through the welfare and benefit system for those in the most acute tension or whether it's through their existing employer or through the new employee new scheme announced for self-employed people and i know a lot of people in the downtown network will have been waiting for that news from the chancellor and when this goes out we'll have the chance over the weekend to think about it in a bit more detail and I think my sense would be, although it doesn't benefit everyone, is probably more generous than the package offered to people in employment. Yeah. I think that self-employed people will then, I think, need to accept the fact that when they start paying a tax burden, that is probably equivalent to what those in work, in paid and salaried work have always paid. That that's really a recognition of the fact that now they're getting the same benefits as those of us yeah. who are in the PAYE system, that they probably need to share a much similar level of taxation. So I think there's lots of arguments about the detail of how that would work, but I think it should be business people making the case for why that should be done on a progressive basis. And I think that if it's business people and business leaders saying that, that will do a lot to help the country come together after what will be a very challenging few months. And where personally, socially, we're all gonna have a very challenging time, 
but I think economically we need to be able to to fix those problems as the Chancellor has done in the last few weeks and stand behind Rishi Sunak in what he's seeking to achieve and I think the level of leadership he's shown has been a, a real mark of his character and his foresight in making very tough decisions very quickly all in the national interest. Henry, last point from me, I know we're all sort of sat here thinking about the future and what we can do uh, beyond the crisis, but equally there's lots of people now who, for no fault of their own, are sat at home twiddling their thumbs, and I know we're busy trying to think of ways in which those people can usefully contribute to some of the things that we're trying to achieve during this period of uncertainty, and I think the Northern Powerhouse Partnership are working on an, an initiative that, that is really uh, one that excites me, could be uh, the answer to some of those people's uh, prayers, really. So I spent the last couple of days uh, ringing around schools in Merseyside, getting in touch with head teachers, particularly in those schools that are in the most disadvantaged areas. And my team and I have spoken to a number of heads. I find practical ways to support them uh, with aid and support beyond what they can currently cope with. So they're having sent home their kids, there is some real barriers to them being able to learn at home effectively. And we think the business community might have some of the tools to help those kids uh, learn better at home. And I think the reality is we, we probably need to allow for the fact it's perfectly possible those children might not be back in school till September and then we'll still need more help then as well. So I think I would certainly ask the downtown community, if you've got digital skills or a business that thinks you have some potentially some capability or resources to help with particularly some of those digital challenges. So whether you're a, an IT manager for a restaurant chain or a hotel, or you work in a digital business, we might need your skills. But also if you run a business in those sectors or particularly think that this is a problem you might like to help with, I really encourage them to reach out to you, Frank. And I think in the coming days, we'll certainly be wanting to work with downtown across the north of England to see what we can do to make those longer term challenges like making sure the most disadvantaged kids are able to get jobs in our businesses not be made a lot harder by this crisis because certainly if you're studying now for your GCSEs you're about to miss months and months and it's going to take a lot of effort to deal with the fact that we want you to keep up with your work and then we want in September when we hope that they will be going back to school for those kids to get the very best support they can to get back on track so if you do think you can help please get in touch with Frank get in touch with one of the team and they'll pass on your details to ourselves and we're really keen uh, to come up with some credible and practical ways you can help but if you are interested let us know and you'll be the first to be told when we've got more detail on what we'll be able to do and what particularly we'll be able to do whether it's in Merseyside or in all the areas across the north of England where there are particularly those schools that are teaching some of the most disadvantaged in our society and those are the play people where kids are learning off their parents phones when they get home from work so asking their parents to download their their, their schoolwork for them and then I mean to upload it back onto their phones and I think that that's the reality that not every child is being able to sit and learn in an environment that we would think is the right one and certainly we've been really concerned by that and are trying to do something about it so if you want to help us on that we really would appreciate the help from the business community and whether you're whether you're a one-man band or a one of Liverpool's or any of the cities in the north Manchester uh, Cheshire uh, businesses Warrington up to Lancashire wherever you're based uh, in Leeds we know we could do with your help so please do reach out and we'd love to get you involved excellent Henry it's been great speaking to you thanks for joining us I know you great to join you
and uh, we'll get you along to one of our live online events that we're going to organise over the next. I love that, and I love that, and I, as you may have seen, whilst this crisis has been going on, I've still been celebrating the importance of getting a new stadium built uh, for Everton. <laughs> the positive benefit it'll have for the Liverpool City region economy. So let's let's reflect on the positives that there are some good news stories that have not been put back by what's happening, and I think that planning planning up. Uh, consultation literally is closing right now yeah, yeah. I speak to you so really positive that that's still going ahead and I think there are some great examples of where northern businesses and many of them that have been great supporters and part of the downtown family are still going to do some great stuff this year and let's not let the fact that we need to keep people safe get in the way of having the ambition to still do what's right for our economy and do what's right for the communities that we're all based in brilliant thanks Henry come on thanks. you blues and I'll come speak to blues. you Thanks, play again, eh? but, uh, <laughs> see, see you soon. Bye, see Frank. You, thank you.